right. How you doing, Grace Family Church? Yeah. Yeah, I got a weight bench up here. I've been thinking about that verse in Philippians 4.13. We're going to be talking about it today, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, man, I believe that is so true. And we're going to, again, learn more about it. But I had a goal, some of you got set a goal. But I set a goal. I used to work out a lot of weights, but it's been a while. But I set a goal for 2020 that I'm going to bench press 300 pounds. You guys ready? How many believe I can do it? Come on, South Tampa. Water, you think I can do it? Ebor, come on, Temple Terrace, Atlanta Lakes. Anybody believe I can do this? Okay, here we go. So you guys really pray, okay, because I'm, I mean, but, but the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some of you are really nervous. Come on, it's okay. Come on, have a little faith in your pastor here. Okay, so let's get down and do it. Hey, Eridus and Ralph, will you come out here and help me? There we go. Yeah. All right, you guys ready? I can do all things through Christ and Ralph and Eridus who strengthened me. Ready, set, go. Oh, uh, go down, go down. Oh, I've got good. Oh. Ah. Oh. Come on. Oh, right there, come on. Come on. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> what was that all about? The whole crux of this match is, is this. And you're going to look at it. You plus you is not enough. There is no way. I needed more than just me with the weight on that bench. And I'm going to tell you, in life, in this bench, in this weight bench, is what life is all about. We're going to, meet, we're going to need more than just you plus you. It's never going to be enough for us. Oh, I know there's certain things we can lift ourselves, but you will come to a point in your life where you plus you is not enough. You plus God is all you'll ever need. And I want to talk about what does that look like? How do we break that down? That verse, Philippians 4.13, let's look at it one more time. You notice what I put in bold? For I can do everything through Christ. See, people kind of think this is a self-motivation type of speech. It really isn't. Because through Christ who strengthens me. A lot of people leave that part out. And they think, in 2020, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Oh, I believe that we should set goals. And I believe that we have a part in what God calls us to do. But without him, we can't. I'm going to say it's not, you can't do what God wants you to do, calls you to do, or, or the season of life you're in without him strengthening you. We're going to talk about how does God strengthen us. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But, you know, Philippians 4.13 was written uh, by the Apostle Paul who was in prison getting ready to be executed. And he was a, a very bo a tremendous book of encouragement uh, to so many people. And here he's, he's speaking life and encouragement to people. But he said, hey, there's no way I could do what I'm doing in this prison without the strength of God in my life. And so, in fact, you know who made that verse more famous than, than, um, than Apostle Paul? Look at this picture up here. See, there he is, Philippians 4.13. Tim Tebow. Listen, when he put that on years ago when he was playing for the Gators, two million people immediately Googled Philippians 4.13. So, you know, there is power and in, in, in influence. And, but I, I just want to break that down for us a little bit uh, today if we can. And what does that mean? It means you plus you is not enough. It means that you plus God is all you need. That's all we're ever, ever going to need. In fact, really the preceding verses is what I want us to get a hold of for a minute. We read verse 413, but verses 11 and 12 maybe speak to you and I and maybe where you might be in your life. It says in Philippians, Now, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing 
or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. What season of life are you in right now? That's the question. Whatever season you're in, maybe you're in a season of, of abundance in life, but maybe you're in a difficult season right now. Maybe some of us, we're in a season of difficulty, a season of grief, a season of pain, a season where, man, your marriage isn't what you thought it was going to be, a season where you're worried about something with your children or your job or your finances. Maybe you're in that kind of season. Paul is referring to whatever season you are in with Christ. We can do all things. He can strengthen you. He can get you through it. He can push you through it. But on your own, I'm telling you, in our own human effort, uh, we'll, we'll fall short. When I think about that verse, I, I, I think about, I, I imagine uh, something for me personally about what I can do through Christ who strengthens me that 26 years ago, I never would imagine 26 years ago when Debbie and I started Grace Family Church with 80 people in a little strip center uh, on Gun Highway, uh, what, what it was going to become. Because I was just thinking of me. I was thinking about little old me and, and all my limitations and all my weaknesses and all my lack that I had in my life. And I was thinking, you know, one day it would be great if we could be a church of 300 people. I remember thinking that way. The reason I thought that way, I was thinking about me. But then I, I learned the secret that Paul learned. You know, I, I realized, you know what? Uh, God can do so much more when I really learn to let him be my strength and my leader. That God can help me to be a, a great leader. He can help me to be what he wants me to be. And so fast forward, and I look back now, I can never have imagined what has happened, except I tell you this. Philippians 4.13 is real in my life. Because God gave me the strength and the power to lead. I can't do it. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not that smart. I'm not, I'm not that good and I'm not that educated to do what God did in the last 25 years. Well, we have six campuses. Over 11,000 people come every weekend to Grace Family Church. Hey, to God be the glory. I'm just telling you. It's not about, it. listen, I can tell you this. You plus you will go a little far, but it won't go very far. But you plus God can take you farther than you ever imagined you could go. And I believe that because I've seen it in my own life. Believe me, those that are closest to me will tell you, Craig's not that smart. But I have learned. I have learned that I can trust God. I have learned that, that Jesus can be my strength. He can teach me to be a better leader, a better pastor, that through him and in him, I can do all things. And some of us, when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we see limitations, but that's not what you're supposed to look at. Philippians 4.13 talks about it, that man, through him, I can forgive through him. I can lead through him. I can be set free through him. Some of us, we are in a cycle of, of things that are maybe destroying your life. I'm telling you, through him, you can be set free. I can change through him. I can resist temptation through him. I can be healed through him. I can be saved through him. See, this isn't about you and I and our strength and mustering up enough willpower. I'm going to do it. No, it's realizing that when I surrender and when I allow Christ to really be in me and, and his strength every day, it changes everything. And I'm going to practically talk about that in a moment, but I want you to be inspired that in 2020, it can be different for you. You can be changed. God can empower you. Man, you don't have to be like 2019. Maybe you're in that season right now and you're going, I just don't know if I can make this season through in my marriage. Yes, you can. 
in him, you can be strengthened. You can do all things. The reason many people quit and give up in certain areas of their life, because when their own human effort is done and they're exhausted and they're tired, they don't have any love left, they don't have any forgiveness left, they don't have any courage left, they depend on themselves, but when you tap in to who he is and God, God can give you much more than you ever thought to get through what you need to get through. And I hope we can hold on to that. I hope you can realize that 2020 can be a very powerful season for your life when you learn the secret that Paul is talking about. In Philippians 1.6, I love this verse. Paul's trying to encourage people and he says this, and I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. See, I believe this, God began a good work in many, many people across all of our campuses. But sometimes the good work God has begun, we kind of look back and go, wow, it's not, man, I don't see him working in my life right now. But the good news is he wants to finish the work he started in you. Maybe you got off to a good start and you've wandered or you've drifted or, or you're just not in a good place. I'm telling you, God is interested in finishing the work he started in you. That God is merciful and he is patient and he's saying, hey, if you'll let me, I'm certain of this. I can begin, I won't even begin a good work. I'll finish the work that I started in you. How many know, and he says until Christ Jesus returns, that God never finishes the work. I mean, we never finish the work. We never get to that point where we go, man, I'm good now. I've arrived. I mean, help that guy but me. I'm good. No, no, we're, God is always working on us. Everyone say amen to that. Tell your husband or wife, God's always working on us. Yeah, he needs to work on you, right? Okay, I won't go there with merit stuff right now. But here, here's what I want to talk about. Here's what I want to talk about. How does he strengthen us? It's great to inspire. It's great to go, yeah, yeah, but how does it really happen? I'm just going to give us some real basics we already know. But I, I'm telling you, any successful, uh, I love sports, any successful football team, they go back to the basics every year. And they have rep repetition, repetition, blocking, tackling. They, they just learn what their assignments are. And I want to talk about some real basic stuff. In fact, Pastor Stephen at our South Tampa campus over the holidays touched on these, did a great job. But I'm just going to tell you what's worked in my life. Because these have worked in my everyday life. And, and I know they'll work for you. Number one is, and we know this, but listen, the power of prayer. If you want to be strengthened in your life, if you want to see God empower you and strengthen you, if you want to get through some very difficult things in your life, learn the power of prayer. And prayer isn't a formula. Don't try to do a formula, you know. Don't try to, it's not a formula. I'm going to take the, take the mystery out of prayer. Prayer uh, is hard for Christians because we try to make it hard. It's just so, it's just, here's what I know. I'm just going to keep it real simple. Prayer is just talking to God. And it's a two-way conversation. It's not one way you just talking to him and giving you his, his list, your list. It's God talking to you and learning to hear his voice. And it takes time to learn that. And, and prayer isn't like I, I, sometimes people read books on prayer and, and they, or you hear someone say, I just get into my prayer closet and for 30 minutes it's me and God. Man, I can't go in a prayer closet. I, what do you mean, go in my closet where all my clothes are at? I'm going to sit in the dark and pray? That's not me. And maybe that's you, and that's great. But don't make prayer a formula. For me, I love to walk. I, I get out normally six days a week, and I just go walk, normally early in the morning, because I'm just a morning person, and that's when I want to be with God. And, and sometimes it's, it's, er, it's really early most of the time, between 5 and, and 7 o'clock, unless it's cold. And I'm from Florida, and anything below 60 is cold. 
So I, if it's that cold, I wait a little bit longer. But I, I go and I, and I just do 45 minutes, six days a week. And what do I do, man? I don't have anything hooked up. No, I'm not listening to music. I'm just walking. I'm, I wish I was getting more cardio. It's not one of those kind of walks. But I'm just walking and, and I'm thinking and I'm talking. And sometimes I'm mad at God. Sometimes I'm saying, why? Why is this going on? Why is this happening? Sometimes I have fears and, and I tell God my fears. Sometimes I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying for my family, my, my, my children, our church. I, sometimes I'm just saying nothing. I'm just walking. I'm just really silent. And I'm just trying to listen. And, and sometimes God speaks to me. And sometimes I hear nothing. But I don't get discouraged. I go back the next day and I walk. And I pray. And I go back the next day. And, I, and sometimes there's an amazing things that happen. And sometimes I just took a walk. At least that's what I felt. Prayer can be very uh, discouraging when we don't get the goosebumps. But it's not about goosebumps. It's about consistency. It's about learning to listen to that still small voice. And, and so whatever it is for you, if it's a prayer closet, that's great. If it's some people, man, I just drive in my car. That's when I, hey, great. Just don't close your eyes when you pray, right, in your car. Don't do that. But whatever it is, but prayer, the power of prayer, the Bible says, and, and he gives grace generously, as the scripture says, God opposes the proud. But gives grace to the humble. You know why I put that verse in there? Because proud people don't need to pray. I don't need God. But God says, look, God opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Notice he says, if you do that first, you've been empowered. You're submitted to God. It says, resist the devil and he'll run from you. How many want the devil to run from your life? It won't happen unless you're connected in prayer, I'm, I'm telling you. And then they're praying is, is saying to God, I need help. See, proud people can't say I need help. But listen, humble people, I need help, God. I need help with my marriage. I need help with my children because I want to slap them. I need help with my finances. I need help with my job. God, I, I just need help with, with discouragement. God, I need help. I have a bad habit. I need to break. God, I, I need your help. And I'm going to tell you something. God answers those kind of prayers. In Psalms 46.1 it says, God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. Isn't that a great promise? When you call out to God in prayer, he's not going, oh brother, you're in trouble again. Man, he loves when we call out to him. Just as a child loves, a father loves when a, a child calls out that needs help. A father wants to be there for his children. See, prayer is waiting and most of you know me, I don't like to wait. When I first started my prayer walks, it was so hard because I was in a hurry to get to nowhere. But I said, you know, I'm just going to walk. And I'm just going to be still. Prayer is waiting. It's, it's being still. I love Isaiah. It says this, but those who wait on the Lord. Come on, everyone say wait. wait. They're really enthusiastic about that, I could tell. Those who wait on the Lord, here's a promise, will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And I'm telling you, across every campus, there are people that need to wait, that need the strength of God. Because right now, you're weak, you're discouraged. You're overwhelmed by your circumstances or your situation. You're in one of these seasons where you're just not sure if you have enough. 
to get through. Well, I have good news for you. If you'll wait on the Lord, he will renew your strength. He will give you the stamina you need. He will uh, bring the deliverance that you need. He will do the things he promises to do in our lives, but we just got to be willing to wait. The second thing, we know this, but it's so true, the power of God's word in your life. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. And man, if he's the bread of life and it's the bread that sustains us, how do we think we're going to have a spiritual strength if we're not really understanding and applying and, and reading the word of God? It's our daily meal. It's our food. It's what strengthens that part of you, that the soul part of you. It's, a, it, it, it's, it's so uh, important in our lives. I mean, if I ask you a question right now, it'd be a stupid question, but I'll ask it anyway. How many of you in the last seven days had just one meal? Raise your hand. One meal, that's it, in seven days. Now, if you raise your hand, maybe you're on an amazing fast, God bless you. But most of us, if you raise your hand, you'd be lying because we don't eat one meal in seven days because you know what happens? We become very weak. And when we become weak, you become vulnerable, don't you? Now, if, if that's how it is with our physical body, I don't know how we think we're going to have the strength of God and the power of God to get through the difficult seasons of life if we're not in the Word of God, learning to hear and read the Word of God. I, I can't say that enough to us that we need more than one hour of week of, of hearing me or Pastor Matt. I'm just telling you, we're not enough for you. You need more than what we can give you. You need more than one hour of worship and, and, and word. Man, you need, because you need more than one meal a week to sustain your physical body. And so I, I really want to challenge us, the, the power of God's word, read it. Some guys, I don't like reading. I talk to men all the time. I don't like to read. So, well, don't read, then hear it. Get the Bible on, on audio and, and listen to it in the car. Whatever you need to do to get the word of God uh, moving in your life, because it's very powerful. The Bible says in Psalms 119, I lie in the dust. And that's where some of you maybe are right now. He says, revive me by your word. That's what the word of God will do. It will revive you. It will give you a new perspective. It will give you hope in a hopeless situation. 2 Timothy puts it this way. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. God's word. Everyone's always wanting to know the will of God. Listen, read the word of God. You'll know the will of God. Did you know that? 95% of the will of God is already written in his word. And when, when we understand that, that God's word is, is a teacher. It wants to teach us um, a lot of things teaches about parenting, about financing, about marriage, about forgiveness, about relationships, about success and prosperity. And it, it has so much to teach us, but you're never going to learn unless you have it. I mean, you're reading it and listening to it. But it's a teacher. The Word of God also is something that rebukes us. It can't just all be lovey-dovey. Sometimes God's Word comes like a hammer and it hits me right in the head. And I'll be reading the Word of God and it just convicts me about something I should be doing or maybe not doing in my life. See, it's that, it's that balance. It's what I need. It rebukes. It, it corrects. It, it teaches. It, it, it's training in righteousness. God's Word does so many things. I don't know what it does for you. God's Word warns me. You ever just read the Word of God and you go, that one's for me. It warns me. I read it and all of a sudden I go, man, that is no coincidence that God is talking about that and I'm in this situation right now. And he warns me. 
How many agree you need some warning sometimes in your life? Man, I tell you what, we need them. It's like a traffic light. Stop, yellow light, caution. That's what the Word of God is. But the Word of God, it warns us. Sometimes the Word of God confronts us. Sometimes God's Word is, is there, like I said earlier. It trains us. It's an encourager in our lives. God's Word will build faith in your life. It'll, it'll build hope in your life. And in situations where you go, man, it just doesn't look good. It looks so dark. And, and, but God's Word can bring light and hope in your life. How about you? I need good news every day. And the Word of God is full of good news. Good news about you and good news about your future and good news about who he is and who you are. So, man, when you're reading it, it has a lot of inspiration in it. Hebrews 4.12 says it this way. For the word of God is alive. It's not dead. It's not words on a page. God's word is supernatural. And when you read it and when you hear it, it, it comes alive. We've all had that experience, haven't we? Where you've read the word, and as you read it, it's something you read before, but for some reason, in that moment, in that time, the words just come off the page, and they just go right into your heart. God's word's alive. And it can be alive in us, and when it does that, it, it's a blessing in our lives. It's sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword. So I just want to encourage us, man, if you really want to understand how does God strengthen us, he strengthens us through prayer, alone, time with him. He strengthens us when we feed on his word. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, some people go, well, I tried to do the one-year Bible, and I, I, I didn't keep up, and I feel like I was fa a failure. Well, don't do the one-year Bible. Do five-year Bible. Just, just read the word. Read it for 10 minutes a day, whatever you need to do. But, but don't, don't put a formula on it, but be consistent about it. And again, you got to figure out the peak times of your life when, you're, when you have energy. you got to know the rhythm of your life. Like in prayer, you know. I'm an early morning person. Some of you go, you're crazy. I would never do it early. Well, don't do it early in the morning. Some of you are like my wife. You don't believe in God till about noon. That's okay. You figure out, you figure out what is my time, what is my rhythm. What, and some people, I know there's, there's a lot of uh, people, maybe women and married families, and you have four kids or five kids or two kids. Man, when, when do I have to find a time? I can't figure that out for you, but God can help you do that. You know, my wife's more of a night person, and I'm more of a morning, so that's how she does it. Hers is different, it's a different rhythm than mine. Don't put it into a box. Don't put it into a formula. But somehow, what is your, find your spots. Find your, your, your secret, sacred places where you can hear the word of God and where you can pray. Okay? That's so, so important. And the last one is, and we know this one. In fact, we're talking all about this. We're talking about groups. We talk about Grace Family Church. Man, find a group. Get in a group. You know why? There's power in community. You want to be strong you want to have strength you didn't think you had? It's like that weight. There's no way I could do that weight. But you know what? When I got down to do that weight and I brought two of my brothers along my side, we pushed it right up. That's exactly what life is all about. Sometimes when the burden or the weight is too much, for those who have community, who found their tribe, they found their brothers or sisters, they, they found those people that will be there with them, let me tell you something, you will go further than you've ever been before. And you'll grow. You'll grow in your relationship with Jesus. You'll have more power, more strength. There's something about, we used this term a long time ago, Grace. 
be strong and belong. Or belong and be strong. Because when you belong, you're stronger. You're just stronger. The Bible tells us these principles. It's in Ecclesiastes. You can read it with me. Here's the first truth in Ecclesiastes. We're just going to break it down for a minute. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, it says this. Two people are better than one. Some people don't believe that. I'm telling you, I know you think you're great. I know you think you're awesome and I can do it all by myself, but the Bible says two are better than one. I don't care what you think, two are better than one. And some of us, we go around thinking, I don't need anybody. Man, I built this business or I did this and I'm not, I don't need all that stuff. I come and I leave and I don't know. Let me tell you something, two are better than one. That's what the Bible tells me. And then it goes even further. For they can help each other succeed. You want to have more success in your life, in your spiritual life? In your marriage, any, pick any area. Two are better than one, the Bible says. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone, here it is, is in real trouble. Man, that's sad. Likewise, let me just stop right there. You know, you know my prayer is that you wouldn't walk out of here this weekend Without saying, you know what, I'm going to find my tribe. I'm going to find my group. I'm going to find my community. I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of doing it alone. I, I just know I can't do it alone anymore. I, I need to find my, my group, my brotherhood. I need to find it. Listen, we were not meant to do this life alone. Even, G, even God in the beginning when he created Adam and Eve, he said it's not good for man to be alone. And he wasn't just talking about marriage. It's just not good for us to be alone. God created us to have relationship. So we need to figure that part out. So find a group, man. Go on our site. There's so many ways we want to help you get connected to a group. Verse 11 says this, Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. The singles love using that verse. Honey, come on over here. Here's what the Bible tells us we should do. But I'm not sure. Here's what the Bible says. Having fun with that one, right? But how can one be warm alone? Verse 13, it keeps reiterating this same principle, but it goes even further. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. You've seen all those animal shows, right, where you got the one lone one all out by himself. That's who the lion's looking for. The one that's away from the herd, the straggler, the one that's behind, all by themselves. That's the one that the enemy attacks. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Man, we were built for community. You know, community is about celebrating each other, celebrating our victories, celebrating what's going on in our lives. I mean, I love to play golf, and, and I've had two hole-in-ones playing golf. One about 15 years ago, one about four years ago. And both times, the best thing about my hole-in-one was this. I had friends with me. I had friends who knew me, who celebrated with me. High five. Yeah, and it was awesome. You know, you know what hell would be like for me? Making a hole-in-one with no one around. I mean, you make the hole-in-one and, and no one's there. And then you go tell your friends. You go, yeah, right, you made one, all right, yeah, yeah. 
See, man, life was meant to be celebrated with others when, we, when we're having victories and achievement and, and things. Man, we should be in celebration of others. But also, life was never been, meant when we're in some type of difficult situation or grief in our lives. Can you imagine? I, I can't imagine people going through loss of a loved one and not really having real community and and. and around them, to, to hold them, to encourage them, to comfort them, just to be there for them, not even to say anything, but just to be there. I can't imagine how people go through this life with the difficulties and the challenges and the hurt and the pain, and somehow I'm just going to do it all by myself. I guess I'm just weak because I need community. I'm your pastor, and on Thursdays I have a group. We come together, and we just hang, and we do community together. I have guys that I can celebrate with, but also guys that we can challenge each other. That's what it's supposed to be. In fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, and let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. I love this verse. You know what a spur actually is, don't you? In the cowboy days, the spurs kicked the flank of the horse to get it moving. Some of us need someone to spur us a little bit. You know, we need to be around people who will provoke us and challenge us to go to a different level in our lives. I mean, who's challenging you? Who's provoking you? Who's spurring you on to uh, good deeds and good works? Verse 25 says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. There's been some that have done that. Man, I started strong, but, you know, I've kind of drifted a little bit. Yeah, I, I need to get back into groups, but, man... I don't have time, man. I'm just, you know, we just, and man, I know there are seasons in life, but we got to figure this thing out. Because if you want to be stronger, you're going to be stronger when you're together. Spurring one another on. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Galatians 6.2 says this. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, share each other's burdens, man. I mean, when, when, when real communities happen in someone's life, when there's a burden, man, they're all sharing it together. They're all holding that person up together. They're all working together on that. That's so powerful about what community is. And so, again, every campus, man, this is, this is like, you know, fraternity has their fraternity week. This is our group week coming up. And we just want to give it a try, man. Give it a try, whether you're single or married or man or woman. There's, there's a season of life you're in. If you'll let us help you, we'll help you find the right group. We don't want you in the wrong group. We don't want you in a group you go, man, that group's weird. That's not for me. That's fine. We don't want you in that group. Let the weird people stay with the weird people in that group, right? Okay? I know you're cool. You want to be in a cool group. Okay, I get that. You know, but seriously, you'll find your group. If you're honest about it, say, God, I need community. I want to grow. This is part of my growing, and, and God, I, I'm praying you put the right people uh, that I can find community with. But you're going to have to take some initiative, okay? Just encourage you in that. Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians. It's on the screens. I think they have this one. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Paul wasn't afraid to admit he had weaknesses. He said, God's power works best in weakness. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and the troubles 
that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. And I have one more. It's in Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. Do we have that one on the screen, that last one? Yeah, there it is. I love this verse. He gives power to the weak. If that's you right now, I'm telling you, God has power for you. You don't think you have what it takes to get through the situation you're in. Well, God does. Because God plus you is all you need. He gives power to the weak. And in those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. I love that. Even young people get weary. I like that. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who, here it is, wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I love that verse. Across all of our campuses, can we pray for a moment? Father, I pray in Jesus' name. I pray for those who are weak, for those who are weary, those who are overwhelmed, those who are in prison that need to be set free. I pray for those, God, that need your love and power to forgive. God, I pray for those that you're calling into leadership. You're calling them to do something they've never done before. God, I pray that through Christ they'll find their strength. You'll do what you can do, God, as we draw our strength from you. I just pray, Lord, right now, through the power of prayer and the power of your word and the power of community, and your Holy Spirit's in all three of those, that, Lord, we would find new strength to do what you called us to do in 2020. I pray, God, that we would not be afraid of calling out for help, calling out for community in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to call up all of our pastors that come on up and... Uh, and share. God bless you.